Hey everybody and welcome back to Sapporo Day 4 for us. It's a final night. We are here gathered around the faded nightstand uh, between five and eight times the size of the microphone. Um, and we're here at night. It's 1023, which I guess is what? Uh, do the math for me real quick. Oh, 22, 22, 23. Ooh. Yeah? That's good. Isn't that right? Why did it took camera? The time, the time of day. The yeah. time of day. Yeah, yeah. You mean like the, 11 p.m.? No, military it's 10, time. It's not, 10, it's not 11, though. It's 10.23. Oh, yeah. It's like... Uh, 22, you, you mean, yeah, 22, 23. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, yes, it is. I'm just giving them an indication of what time it is. That's all. <laughs> Great. Um, we're here after having done our last visit to the Big Brother exhibition. Which uh, we 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 definitely spent our time there today. Um, I wouldn't say I saw everything I wanted to see because honestly, like there were a couple pages today where I told Azil as we were going through, like I probably could look at this particular page for fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes straight. Yeah, you know the eclipse one in particular. Um, again, we'll do the quick impressions thing. Azil pointed this out to me, and it made me reevaluate everything I had already seen. And that is, oh well, this page of the eclipse is notable. He said because. There's a lot of text covering up this one portion of the apostles, and now we don't have that text. I'm like, fucking A, that's right. There are apostles we've never even seen before. I didn't even think about it until you said that. And I'm, then it made me think, retroactively, what have I not been able to see that now I can see, you know? Uh -huh. So anyway, that was my first big, like, mind-blowing moment from the last day of the exhibition. <laughs> but yeah, other things to talk about, but quick impressions, uh, Grail? Uh, well, I guess... Generally speaking, it was a very emotionally overwhelming day for me uh, because it, I think for all of us, because it was the last day of the exhibition. Yeah. I feel like this is the last time I'm probably ever going to see these pieces in person. And uh, that was just, you know, it was, it's an intense feeling. And uh, having gone through this whole experience with you guys was fantastic, lifetime highlight, yeah. really. And so this is coming to an end and it was great, but... um uh, on the technical side of things, looking at the illustrations again and the pages again, uh, the piece that I kind of got to talking about was a kind of a element of the screen tones that we hadn't come up with before, that we hadn't discussed before, uh, regarding how to get certain effects to appear. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the, um, I think it was volume eight or nine uh, mm -hmm. with Griffith. Kissing Princess Charlotte in her room, mm, that yeah. first big smooch, and yeah. uh, I was I was mesmerized because it, it to give you guys some context in the exhibition, you can see where screen tones are, are pasted and applied on a page because of where the the shadow hits them, and uh, you can see you know what the cutout is. Mm -hmm. So there were portions of that page where you could see the the page behind it, but there was no cutout shadow. Very minor detail, but I just found myself getting distracted because I don't know exactly how screen tones work in that context. So we talked about it, and as was talking to John, or excuse me, Gob, and we figured out that I guess it might be like an acetone thing where it's like mm. dissolving the color of the... Um, the pigmentation the of the pigmentation. screen tone leaving only the transparent part. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So it was a cool technical de detail, like you... For somebody who doesn't understand exactly the all the technical aspects of how Mangaka works, it gave me a lot more insight into how yeah. Mira uh, mm -hmm. applied screen tones across the board, and so it helped me appreciate mm -hmm. all the other stuff that we were It makes sense, at. though. It's like, I've always loved cake, but how do I make a really amazing cake? I don't know all the ingredients that go into that, or all the tools, even, that would be required. Usually yeah. chocolate. I'm picking a cake. <laughs> Because it's an obvious metaphor, but yeah, obviously cake is pretty easy to make. But you get the idea. If you've, only just, if you've only just eaten cake, you don't know all that goes into it, you know? So, mm. Yeah, um, that, that specific page that you just mentioned, um, it's amazing looking at it because uh, you can. it literally looks like, you know, when you tape something and then you, you look at it a moment later and the tape sort of comes undone and you're like, oh, I got to push that in and you know get the tape to stick to it a little more you can it there's some uh works that look kind of like that yeah. where the the tones are kind of coming undone a little bit so um, it makes the under image blurrier than yeah the images, yeah. yeah it's wild and 
Um, that one in particular, there's so many things going on. I feel like this has become the screen tone podcast. Yeah, tone cast. The tone cast, but it's, uh, it's, some... it's because they were invisible before they were, it was like, it was baked. Yeah, it was know? just mm. exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, you take it for granted, uh, take it for granted, uh, when you you can do all these sorts of things digitally in Photoshop, but back in the day, even up till like recently, kind of back when uh, during the Rickert, I guess he transitioned a little bit after the the conf, uh, confrontation and quotation the, the marks. Slap. Yeah, the slap. And um, he, there's when so you say transitioned, you mean to digital? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, but there's 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 there was just so much that he had to do to make it look the way it did, mm. and uh, it's it's like you look at it and I think like well this is impossible, like back when he was uh, regularly um, putting out uh, episodes every other week mm-hmm. um, regularly. It's it's like how the hell do you do that? You know? I don't know. Seriously. And, for a good portion of his career. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man, most of it, yeah. Yeah. 20, 15, 15 or 20 years. Man. Those long, you know, breaks between releases, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's like obvious, you know, you, you'll look at these things, you know, like, yeah, this, this had to have taken fucking forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very, like we said before, like a multi, approach where you, you've got like the you know so the pens then you've got the markers mm-hmm. then you got the brushes you know pencils as well then the crisp screen tones the white out then there's you know scenes like uh, for example when uh, Gus and Casca make love and you know they're lying down Gus is laying her down if you look at the background like the vegetation is done by uh, removing texture from the screen tones that's also a thing like when you see how detailed it is you're like how did he, like, what did he used to do that, you know? Uh, plus the fact, like, the tones, in a lot of scenes, like, it seems, oh, yeah, there's one here. Then you look some more. Oh, there's another here. There's another here. Yeah. And there's, there's two overlapping here. And there's a, it's like all of this had to be cut out with an exacto <laughs> knife after the pen work was done. So that is a lot, a lot of work. And personally, also focused on the the paintings and the watercolors. I mean, the old paintings, all acrylic, you know, and, you know, hybrid stuff, the, the watercolor stuff, the stuff he did with like, uh, you know, colored pencils also. Mm-hmm. For example, a thing uh, I told Walter is uh, in the uh, trading card game illustrations, uh, for example, the blacks, like the hair for, for Kirkus or, or Pippin, he would, you know, do it with a marker. So it's like, you know, he, he does uh, the contour with either pencil or he, you know, inks it. Then he does the actual watercolor. Then to add like darker blacks, he's gonna use a marker. And just that aspect where you think, you know, if you're like uh, a painter, you know, you paint. But Mira was like, I'm multimedia. Like, I'm I'm a mangaka. What I do is like what I do. So using that stuff and the same for you know many of the black and white panels. Well, he's gonna use a brush. He's also gonna like mark stuff that either him or an assistant would black out with a marker to be like. You know, that's, yeah. that's, uh, so it is, it is, an, it is an interesting scene to see that very, uh, let's say polyvalent, uh, you know, multi-pronged approach. That is the biggest takeaway I have of the whole exhibition is learning that he truly was a multimedia artist, like multimedium, you know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah. because yeah. I just, as I said in the first podcast, I tend to think of Mira as what it looks like on the page to a layman like myself. It looks like pen or ink on paper. You yeah. Know? And then you see how it's constructed, and you realize, holy shit, he had done, he had mastered all these other ways of getting texture and realism and dynamism to his images that mm. were heretofore, to me at least, unknown. Now it's possible that someone who knows a shitload about manga can look at a picture of that Zod, for example, on horseback, and think, oh yeah, all those, all those, obviously those have been tones, and he does this to make those tones. I didn't know that shit. You know, I didn't know how that was. Well, done. I mean, the thing is, again, I mean, I feel like we've said it several times. But I knew, for example, that the poor skin color is done with a screen tone. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between, like, I know it, like, in my brain, I know that's how it's done. And then you see it with your eyes. You're like, that is, and, you know, very precisely put down it. And you can actually see, like, the difference it makes. Yeah. 
and who it, it gives that result. And that is a different thing because again, what's really striking about this is how sharp it is when you see it with your eyes, like yeah. the difference it makes. Stuff like, for example, a lot of the sound effects, like, you know, in Katakana, the stuff like that, it's done with a marker with white out in the middle. And when you see it, you know, in the, in the Tankerbond, in the page, it's like, you would think it might have been like a cut out things that's pasted on top or done differently. It's just, you know, marker stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it almost look rough when you see the real thing. But like Grail told me on the first day, like, what's, impressive how even and steady-handed Mira was like the ability to just do these lines and like there's no shaking there's no it's just it's very 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 well done yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the marker stuff even for example the blood, a lot of the blood is marker a lot of like horse's mane dark hair a lot of that stuff is marker and I was also telling Walter like imagine you've done all that intricate uh, line work, you know, painting everything you've done it, you've done everything. You didn't put the screen tones on it. Then you start, you know, adding the blood. Imagine yeah. you fuck it up. Or, you know, or like, uh, speed lines, stuff like that. Imagine you fuck it up. Like, what, how many hours are wasted? So it, it is, it is very, it is very impressive. I also, if you look at the volume 26, uh, cover, this guy's looking down in you know, a, action pose kind of thing bleeding right the blood yeah, is coming yeah. right mm-hmm. so then you can kind of imagine him painting it and then he knew and he said all right now i gotta do the blood part and i better fucking nail the splatter or i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. have to redo yeah. the whole thing yeah <laughs> you got you gotta let's say you know yeah. uh, shake, it better look right shake shake your your brush the right way yeah and yeah. i mean the color stuff i mean i don't know what you guys thought but it, it was very interesting some, some, how to say, for the watercolors, easy to see because they are kind of wavy with the way the paper yeah. absorbs the ink. Some of them we weren't so sure whether they were real or reproduction, and I kind of wish they had indicated it. Same. But uh, they were very impressive to look at, too. I mean, you mentioned it uh, yesterday, Walter, the, the big ones he did for the illustration files, like how massive they were. Very impressive to see. And even some of the others, some, you know, there's one of La Casca. Um, Chain in front of the Iron Maiden that was done as a kind of a pinup shop for uh, shot for uh, the Iron Animal back in the day. Boom card as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was reproduced Various a bunch places. of times. Sure. And uh, it looks great. You know, it, it just looks great. Like, and again, same thing. When you see it with your eyes, like the, the clarity of it, the sharpness, like the, the details on her face, the, the gloss on her lips, this stuff is really way, 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 way better than what you see. Uh, you can see when it's reproduced, basically. Like, yeah. for almost all of them, even the stuff that you might think, you know, this one, I don't like it. It's not my favorite cover or whatever. When you actually see the real thing, you're like, actually, it doesn't look so bad. It's like it's like it's better than it looks in any case. Oh, yeah. And like I said on the first day, even the digital stuff, much, much more clear. Like, you know, remember the, the poster he did of Puck and Ivarla with the pumpkins and stuff? Yep. Oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It is so much more clear and it looks so much better there than it does on mm-hmm. the on the volume poster that it's, it's quite incredible. Do the thing with the um Danan's pendant. Yeah, Danan's pendant also like in the in the one the, the big poster of her, I think it's in volume forty. Yeah, forty. It is it is very uh yeah, it's almost photorealistic. It's crazy. It's done. It is super sharp. And super it's super sharp. It's the kind of because it's a it's a high quality printout of a digital thing. You're getting, it looks extremely photorealistic. Yeah, it's very know? sharp. In a way that when it's printed on the mass production prints that we get, it looks very, I would say blurry. Yeah. And a little washed out, you know what I mean? Yeah. The colors aren't quite as vibrant. There is kind of a, yeah, it, it does, because I tend to think like when you look at, for example, the Japanese volumes compared to uh, Dark Horse, for example, there are much higher quality sure. printing paper or whatever. But it is still like much, much, much lower than the, what what they have as the exhibition. Yeah, and it is a thing where you're like, damn, damn, like why can't they do it like that? Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of the digital pieces, I had a little bit more uh, energy and time, I guess, today to look at the uh, kind of stuff leading up towards the end of the ex- exhibit. And like you were talking about, like not only are the colors more vibrant, the detail on these prints is so fine. I was telling Az that I thought that the the, the flowers in the Dannon poster looked like collages, like he had cut them out of a magazine. That's how sharp they looked. And the pendant, too. It mm. was just like, uh, 
I was thinking a lot about how he transferred his skill and knowledge of the traditional media into digital media. And I know a lot more about Photoshop than I do about, you know, uh, oil painting, for example. So that was a lot easier for me to wrap my head around where it's like, okay, well, maybe he's using this type of brush and he's going in over and over and over in the same way that you would do a traditional painting. Mm -hmm. But he's got now the freedom to really zoom in to like (laughs) the nth degree and get those details the way that he wants them. And it's almost like seeing Mira unleashed yeah. in in the way that he really wants to uh, express himself uh, in those pieces. So I thought it was really cool. I had never paid such close attention to the last four volume covers, I said, I would mm-hmm. think, until you know, the past couple of days. Yeah. And I remember looking today, I think it's the 39 cover when Guts is looking at surrounded by all the creatures. Yeah. Them, right? Oh, yeah. The, there's like a mouse uh, at the very bottom of that, and I've never noticed the mouse. It might look as photorealistic as it does in the actual cover, but seeing the actual print today is super sharp. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, that and some of the foliage around that in the background, it looks so much more photorealistic than anything he's ever done. It looks like a different, totally different style. Mm-hmm. And you and I, Azil, talked about like, I was like, could that just be a texture in the same way that he would apply a screen tone? And, like, I think we reached a conclusion. No, I think he just created it, you know? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. It's just, well, you know, it goes back to first these new covers that uh, they're doing. They're like, they hide the art too much, so it's kind of a waste. Yeah. And also, yeah, it's just the clarity you get from, like, a print like that. You just do not get it from what's commercially available to us. So it, it is kind of a shame because uh, yeah, you would think you know with digital, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. You, you don't get as much out of it, and it's true. You don't get as much out of it of seeing of seeing like something that's closer to what he did. Like if you saw the layers on his desktop, it's like, eh, yeah, okay, good. But uh, yeah, it is actually impressive to see the amount of detail he put into it, and it goes back to when we were uh, doing like translating the the episode he was doing like the, the more the la- last ones basically where some of the bubbles like the small bubbles for the other stuff like that were so small you can barely read oh, the text oh that's right that's right like in Young Animal you've got to like literally I had to zoom with my phone to like yeah. recognize the characters and it's because probably the, the like the loss of, of sharpness and quality is so stark Mm-hmm. That to him it was like yeah looks, looks pretty good. good looks good at this yeah. but but when it's printed you you can't see shit yeah and uh, yeah mm. one other thing I noticed today was some of the things that were kind of missing now that I've seen this whole thing four times now I've kind of recognized there's a lot on display a whole yeah. shit load of art I think he's at 170 something pieces yeah you so. feel it when you walk through it it's oh, a pretty yeah. lengthy yeah. Uh, experience yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time. Just to point out, to, to put in context for you why I think some things are just blatantly just missing, there's nothing from volume 24 I presented here. Nothing. Mm. It jumps from 23 to 25 as an example. Now, obviously, there's other gaps, but that's the one that stuck out to me. Because yeah. I'm just thinking about the treehouse as an example of like, oh, wow, when you realize that, it really does feel missing, like a missed opportunity. And you mm. mentioned it a couple of times when we were there, and uh, which is true, is that there's not enough single pages. Correct. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say the. there's a lot of two pages, and I love the two pages, don't get me wrong, but like, I want to see the workmanship that he put into the the average page, yeah. the average berserk page, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just for example, one of my favorite shots in the series is when he's fighting the trolls, mm-hmm. and this is what page of him where, you know, it's just like full black, he's got the white eyes thing, and you see the dragon slayer at the back, where he's turning to yeah, like yeah, fly yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. That's that, that one's legendary, yeah. and and you know, like, it's not there. And it goes back to what I was saying. Like this could be like three times bigger, and you'd still feel like, all right, that's that's a good size, but <laughs> I, that's not that one. That one isn't there. That's the thing. I think there was a lot of what's the word like probably internal debate about what to feature, and they mm. definitely, in my opinion, weighed towards two pages versus the one page. Yeah, yeah, it was for a sure. Ton. And aside from what I said about a standard page, a standard paneled page, which I would also like to see. There's a ton of just single-page shots that are just missing from this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a ton of them. Well, it's just, I mean, they had to, probably they had to make choices, and mm-hmm. given, like, the average size they had available and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, when you're an artist of the caliber of Mira, y- yeah, you can do more. Yeah. Plus, plus, I mean, 
you know, he passed away, unfortunately, uh, in an untimely manner, but he still had the time to do like 41 volumes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's practically 9,000 pages. It's so true. 9,000 pages, you get, you know, 150 pieces. That's not a lot out right. of those 9,000. Agreed. You're right. Yeah. Because they did, they also focused a lot on the color, on the color stuff. Which yeah, I, which a lot, I, a lot. I understand it, and I, and I very much appreciated uh, to seeing the the or the one he did at first in like Young Animal and uh, Animal House in the the beginnings. Uh, those were pretty great. Mm-hmm. And I really love seeing them having those details, seeing what he did. Because again, I have the Animal House and early Young Animal volumes in which they were published. They do not look as good. Mm. Absolutely not. It's mm. a very very different experience seeing them. And if mm. you've only seen them in like shitty ass grayscale dark horse garbage job i mean you have no idea what it's like you have no fucking idea what they actually look like it's a bummer that they don't print those color ones more often you know what i mean like it's just it seems kind of weird i think it's a it's, it's simply a matter of cost because mm-hmm. the way they do it is like the color pages have got to be at the beginning or the end yeah yeah yeah. they just teach them there but putting them in the middle it's like you gotta go to another like it's not the same kind of machine because it's not the same paper, necessarily either. Yeah. So I just feel like the way time has progressed, I think most people that are new to the series just see them as like, why does it look all blurry and dark on these pages? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a bad experience just, for newer just, readers. Just do know? like the Super Premium Plus Edition uh, mega expensive yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. we, we, so, they will get to it eventually. Like, yeah. uh, Likely... Six months after the continuation is done, they'll be like, "Hey, yeah, guess what's back. guess what's coming?" <laughs> yeah, 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 it's gonna be like that. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of like reproductions of things, so I think a, a good three fourths of the prints of the volume covers on display are, are prints, not the actual things. We were able to notice some touch ups to the first eight or nine volume covers. Yeah, the the rest are prints, right. but those prints are still valuable because they help settle some talks we've had over the podcast about like the volume 23 cover as an example has color inconsistencies between the Japanese edition, the dark horse edition, and even some like prints that I'd seen. Guess which one is correct. Yeah. Guess, <laughs> guess which. Not the dark well, the Japanese it one. Is, it is not the dark horse one. No, it was never going to be the dark horse one. My point is even the Japanese one varied from other prints that I'd seen of it. So my point is like, it's kind of. I kind of wanted to know what color was it. Was well, it purple or was it blue? You know, that my kind of thing. my sign lithograph with uh, mirror's autograph on it was a sure. correct color. So <laughs> I'm no glad there. I'm glad. But to have that you know color debate and it's the debate being a you know in quotation marks here across the board to see the definitive color choices and not yeah. have this nonsense with the printing errors you know that we t- tend to get. It's nice to know exactly yeah. what he meant. What blue did he mean? You mm. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And stuff like, I mean, it's something... I've noticed it a long time ago, but the volume 25 cover, for example... Oh, that one really stuck out to me today. When Sorry, you when you, when you you see it as an illustration fully and not as a cover art that's, you know, half covered, and it, you know, cut on the side, cut on the bottom, yeah. it really looks a lot better. Agreed. Uh, it, it is... It, to me, it's a pretty great illustration, and it's great to see it like that, like as it was painted and not as it was then repackaged to be something, you know, advertising a volume. Mm-hmm. So volume 25's cover, for those that don't know, is the one of uh, a lot of profile shots, a lot of collages. There's Guts, uh, Shirke's prominently displayed, there's the trolls and the ogre in the background. Mm-hmm. Lots of, my point is it's a very An busy, ogre. it's yeah. a very busy arrangement. Uh, and it, it, honestly, it's for the the size, it's probably too busy for a volume cover because of all the things you said, where mm. it's like it gets truncated by the sides, the logos on top. But when you see it, the full thing at the intended size, it all makes sense. The arrangement makes sense. It works. Mm. Uh, I just, it's a very busy for a volume cover. Uh, what else? The crowd size today. I was always going to say about halfway through our visit that it was kind of light. And then it got really busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because why? it was uh, the, the noon break, the lunch break. Oh. So people on the lunch break were like, hey, you know, I got an hour or two. I'm going to visit the exhibition. I'm pretty wow. sure that's what it was. It got really busy. And the, the, the kinds of people that were coming through were very interesting. I saw two old ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They paid tickets to walk through. And they were scrutinizing. I, I, I thought it was really funny. They particularly paused at... 
when Wild is about to get torn in half by Zod. Oh, oh man, brutal. they were they were sitting there scrutinizing that. That's the part that where page. like he breaks in half and he he's got Bursa. <laughs> I love that yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really funny. Well, Berserk. I mean, overall, uh, throughout the, the the time we were there, there were quite a lot of women, like relative to men, and then. I feel like that's representative of the actual audience that buys Berserk. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just like guys who are into the, oh man, badass. Yeah. Oh yeah, drinking blood. Mm-hmm. I do wonder what those old ladies were saying. I, I wanted to know too. And in fact, I was thinking to myself, how could we possibly mm. cross that veil? You know what I mean? Or go through that, you know, the, the language barrier. It just wouldn't have worked. And also, they probably wouldn't like to be talked to. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Definitely not. Why are you Obviously. here? I know. They were, I'm just saying my curiosity was like, man, I want to know what they I think I got some stuff. glances because like we were talking and stuff like that. There was, oh, I have to say, there, yeah. was, there was a couple who had a kid, a young boy. Oh, sure. Who was kid. touching the art, the art. And he was like, there was uh, it's a painting of Locus from the training card game. And so those are the, like, the originals. And she was like... Robot. Tapping the glass yeah. and like moving the thing inside, and I gave him the a death stare, and he actually somehow felt it, <laughs> and then like moved away from it, and then I think told his dad that the weird man was looking at him, and they, they, they scooted over. Then the police came. There. <laughs> well, I mean, I was gonna break his arm if he kept doing it, so yeah. it's good. You were the, pretty pissed. I, honestly, I had already I, interacted. I, so ahead. I didn't just look at him; I stepped, like I was stepping in to be like. You know, okay. boy, I don't know what you're doing, but you're going to stop doing it because the, the bad man is... The know. parents weren't taking good notice of what their kids. Yeah, doing. he was like saying, stop, stop, don't touch. But yeah, like yeah. the guy, he, you know what? He was actually looking at the uh, names of the people who donated for the... Oh, he's looking at your name. For, no, he was probably looking for his name. Wow. I was like, hey, I gave... Uh, Ten thousand, a hundred, a hundred thousand. So mm-hmm. tell your fucking kid to stop touching the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had already interacted with the family uh, when the kid was looking at Zod. He was the big Zod thing. He was kind of scared and hiding behind the corner. Oh yeah, I saw that. I walked up to him. I walked up to him and I said Bakemonoda, and his, he smiled. And his dad said, "It's a monster." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He said it in English. I thought that was yeah. really funny. Didn't you Pretty take? Funny. Uh, didn't you take their picture or something? Yeah, I asked him, "Do you want?" Your picture taken there and there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they walked up there and took a look at it. Family photo was odd. You know, the kid looked a little Very scared. nice, yeah. Yeah. Stupid the... kid, stupid fucking kid. <laughs> yeah. fucking art. You had a much different experience. With yeah, you, you, you could have said, hey, excuse me, little boy. Uh, it's not polite to touch this shit. I was asking Azil, what is the phrase I should use if, get, if shit gets real? You know? You know? Well, I'll just kick Dumb him, it kick out, him in know? the ass or whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, that's, that's a, you know, universal response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's kind, of, it's kind of stupid, but uh, even the, on the first day when like the statue broke, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you I was like, jumping uh, to action. I was like, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. Weird, weird, weird reaction. Yeah, <laughs> gotta do something. We yeah. were ready to jump kick somebody. And me and me and Gavs actually, I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go check it out." I, yeah. Honestly, I, I barely stopped myself from going, you know, using the staff door stuff. To yeah, the crossing like, through those little yeah. Curtains, I mean, yeah. If some guy had done something, I'd have jumped in. Mm-hmm. Not sure how or what I would have done, but yeah, <laughs> it, you had your passport on you. Probably be fine, you know. I would have, right. I would have taken a bullet for, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, uh, the the guy jumping in front of Apu or something, or Apu jumping in front of, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? It's, that uh, actor, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the guy that's a, yeah. Don't know James, what you're James Wood, was it James Woods? James Woods, yeah, that's right. Uh, James okay. Woods, yeah. What are we talking about? Simpsons. Simpsons yeah. Oh yeah, it's a Simpson meme thing. So yeah. got it. Uh, That's me in front of the Berserk artwork that the kid was touching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the rest of the exhibition... Um, and we I was all... able to... I was able to hear uh, the portion of the Miura video that I'd kind of missed before where he was talking about... I heard him talk about Dokuro no Kishi. Yeah. Like that section and all that. I had not heard uh, that portion of it. So, yeah. I, wanted, I would like to know what he says about that stuff. Oh. One day, and we will. Yeah, soon totally. enough. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it it is a long uh, it is a long interview. I do wonder, I do wonder, like uh, how much of it is uh, in the art book interview, like whether it's the same material. Well, that or part's not in there. So, some parts are similar, but uh, yeah. I feel like yeah, there might be one thing I did learn though is that. The first, uh, the first version of the artwork of Berserk they did, yeah, it was misprinted. 
Mm. They actually like put the second and third page were inversed. Mm. And so, because Paul has been translating it for the Patreon on patreon.com slash S-K-N-E-T. Now, yeah, so the thing is, like, the, the pages, like, there's a page that's cut is because they reversed it. Mm. And so, since uh, we bought, uh, well, we bought it again, basically. Yeah. I did it again. <laughs> uh, I noticed that, yeah, they, they actually fucked up. And so, they put the page in the correct order. Mm. That, is, that is kind of a big... Big mistake it to is. do, you know. Yeah, particularly with, with the artwork, you would have noticed it less. Whereas a printed interview, like yeah, it flows like a conversation. That's yeah. a weird. And because one of the pages, like, it ends on a on a dot. That's yeah, good. And it's just like there's one that ends on like a sentence that doesn't continue. Oh, you even noted it in the Patreon recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt I already at the time I was like, this. There might be a thing where they put the paragraph in the wrong place or something. Yeah. I know that can, hap- that, that can happen. Hmm. And uh, and yeah, so I was curious and they did mess up. And I'm sure they already said anything. But in case they corrected it in, for the prints. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, each of us also wrote a message uh, on the wall. And uh, uh, Grail drew some art. Uh, Mr. Waffles. Yeah, I drew I drew <laughs> Skull Knight and his trusty horse uh-huh. uh, sunbathing together. Yeah, and basically wrote a message to Mira. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not going to be read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and sure. uh, just you know, it was it was really just a, about uh, for me just saying something for the sake of myself, and I, I really felt emotional when I was writing the note because the little the little desk where you write. Happened to be right where Mira's video was playing. Yeah, you could hear him talking. As so he I heard him talking as I was drawing and just reflecting on what Berserk meant to me and all the years of. And again, when I was with Gob, uh, we were looking at the big uh, episode uh, two seventy seven spread the mm. the Dream Team blasting Ganishka in his butt, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and I was telling Gob like. Back in 2006 or 2007, I saw this panel, and, you know, this was my first ever episode reading episodically. Oh. So this is like a full circle moment, and that was so that was so amazing. That's so cool. just writing that and, you know, thinking about that in my note, it was, it was great. That's a hell of an episode to start on, too. It was Ooh, a, what a banger. It know? was a banger, for sure. Oh, yeah. So I had the same experience with Casca's dot. That's oh, true. Lovely. <laughs> I was I was did a quick little anecdote because I was telling you at the show. It's, <laughs> yeah. So the the end of the eclipse, not the end of the eclipse. Right after Casca's raped has been raped. Yeah. You know her ass is kind of facing the the page. Right. That's when I chose to start scanning uh, in 2000, just to show the post eclipse section for those that finished the anime. The common question was, well, what happens next? And so I scanned the next episode or so, so you'd see what happens next. That was on my, my site. My site went down for a few, like, hours or whatever. I called the site administrator to have him fix it. And he's looking at the site, and he's like, so, uh, all, all he's seeing is the Casca butt page. He's like, so, uh, is this a porn site or something? No, oh, no. <laughs> like, no, it's a comic book. Uh, and that and that was one of the originals at the exhibition. I know, yeah. So then yeah. we get to see the original, yeah, for sure. Oh man. Um, what else? Um, and 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 Gobs, you drew something too as well. Yeah, yeah I did. I, uh, you know, I drew uh, guts and puck. Wrote a, uh, a message as well to to Mira. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it was a. Uh, this whole thing has been. Uh, I'm sure everybody else here feels the same way. It's just been uh, emotionally emotional, and it's just been like like I never ever thought I'd be in the presence of this this work um, with these people. And uh, uh, is this is absolutely have been like one of the most amazing uh, experiences of my life, and uh, I'm insanely grateful and uh i'm gonna remember this forever and it's uh you know uh kentaro mira um changed all of our lives and uh all of yours as well if you're listening and uh and shit you know it's uh i'm i'm never gonna stop wanting to to praise this this man and uh 
I'm going to do my best to, to keep his memory alive forever as, as much as I can. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and Azil, you wrote, a, I wrote a message as well. Uh, it was pretty simple because I, I felt trying to put words into it was really like worthless. Uh, I'm not saying anybody who wrote words wasted their time. My point is more like, what could I write on a little note that would encapsulate how I feel about preserve, you know? Mm. Uh, and so I didn't even give it much of an effort. I just said, thanks for a lifetime of memories and more or something like something cheesy like that. But, uh, my, you know, because the meaning from my heart would have been so much more than I can fill in a page. So I didn't mm. even give it much of an effort, but I did draw the schnoz on there. Uh, <laughs> so I want to make sure he was represented there. It was mm. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it because then I was like, you know, I'm here. Might as well. So I wrote something in my clumsy Japanese. Love it. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it has to be the perfect message that captures our feelings. It's more that we were able to share it. Yeah. All the other Just adding too. a pile on top of the the bags they're going to throw in the like, incinerator. <laughs> Thanks for everything. Don't worry about the... It's like, again, it's like the, one of the Simpsons episodes where they put the thing in the truck and then it's just, you know... Yeah. <laughs> Off the garbage island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I mean, it's a... It's for us. It's a nice attention. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Way of giving back. Yeah. Way. That's it for the exhibition. And then... Oh, yeah. Then oh. there was another way of giving back to Hokkaido TV at the merch store. Oh, yeah. Well, for the first day in a row, still, we still bought shit. Even though we're like... <laughs> yeah. We're all in the red and we're all like... And we're like eh, so we're going to get some of those... Glass magnets uh, collectibles. <laughs> I'll, I'll just get 20. <laughs> and they're like, it's, it's 200 bucks, sir. Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, yeah. Uh, no, not this one. Take my other credit card. Uh, do you take like my library card? Can, can yeah. that work? Yeah, we, we spent some time this morning <laughs> griping about uh, how they make you choose the number of bags before you uh, get finished checking out. And I yeah. realized it's because we're all buying so much stuff and normal people are buying like a t-shirt. And yeah, we're like, that's true. It's I guess, like, yeah. I don't have, I don't know how many bags I need it's like so many things. Uh, can I get like a cart or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me go and get a cart from the supermarket and all yeah. the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think anyway. I spent like 140 bucks today, and none of it was for me. <laughs> the weird feeling I had today as mm. I was checking out, like, god damn it. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, that was the exhibition. Um, there wasn't like a big ceremony or anything for us. This is kind of it. You know, we were all kind of bummed out. I yeah. Just, I was, I think. We were kind of yeah. low energy after that. Uh, like, all, we were going over. into it pretty high energy because I don't want to spend too much time on it. But like before the exhibition, we actually hit up an arcade. At, it was at the same place, a Sephora factory. Uh, Namco arcade. And it had a whole bunch of fun shit. And a whole bunch of capsules that I think I dropped $30 into capsules for... Yeah. Kids on my $30? street. dollars Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent 20 at least, I know for a fact, and 30 probably on other stuff, yeah. Um, capsules for friends and my son and his friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. So went into the expedition, high energy left, kind of feeling like this is it, you know? That's Somber. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a, it is a bummer, but, you know, it's a gonna hold on to this memory forever mm-hmm. and i think i think i mean walter you said so but we kind of wrung it out like as much as we could i mean i i i could probably like go there every day and just stare at the stuff but mm-hmm. i mean at some point you you stare at it you know enough for for a while so. I, I will say that even four days in I'll, i've said it on the same podcast multiple times but like it still hits me that this is the original stuff Sure. It still left an impact on me, even on day four. I'd go tomorrow if I could. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it it is interesting. Uh, I do I do feel like we how to say we paid homage, you know, the, mm. the right way. Yeah. Uh, I do hope I've said so before, but I hope after the roadshow is done, they eventually like find a place and pull a little museum thing. A permanent. Yeah, it's permanent. Right. Because I I think it's near as worth it and. And there's enough, like, you, you can really feel a building with this stuff. So, mm-hmm. I hope they do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, even beyond not a, a, a permanent museum fixture that would show the original works in, in perpetuity, 
you know, I think what our takeaway from this whole experience is that what we get is not close to the product that he created mm. and that someone needs to cross that threshold you know what mm. i mean yeah. Yeah. we need to get better additions is what i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> to help make that uh, that, that being said yeah but i think we mentioned it yesterday is that it's always going to be different absolutely because like the benefit of seeing it in this exhibition is you can see how it's done like you really see the behind the scenes stuff you're like okay that's how he manufactured it uh, and that's not like that's not the goal when you're reading the story. You're not sure. supposed to see that stuff. So they also smooth it out on purpose. Uh, and yeah, and that that is the value of it in a way. It's like if you're really if you really like Berserk, if you want to see who he actually did it, mm-hmm. and that that and that is quite a, I would say that can be quite a shock even because it's not necessarily what you would expect. Mm. I mean, I think I said so on the second day. It's like in a way, it's. Uh, it feels like you understand, oh, it was just, it was really just a guy yeah. who was like inking and then using marker and stuff. But then you're like, okay, but I still can't do that. Like, that's, yeah. that's still super, like, you know, crazy stuff to do. So, But it grounds it. Yeah. yeah but at least you see, like, you understand how it could be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it grounds it, but at the same time, you see that he was, you know, you see the human humanity in oh, the human right. talent the, the he, was a, he was a superhuman <laughs> yeah you get, to, you get to really see that yeah he was certainly good at uh, drawing manga that's for sure <laughs> and painting and you know applying stuff and doing storyboarding mm-hmm. yeah he was alright <laughs> <laughs> it's also beyond the execution something that um, Azil and I were talking about today was his choices for how to depict a scene and how to capture a feeling of a scene. Mm. The one that really struck me today was the the big melee scene in Doldry, where it's very it's it's black and you can just see the the silhouettes or the outlines of people in white, and there's a lot of uh, energy to the piece because there's these white splatters everywhere to kind of emphasize the action, right? Mm. In a way, and it's a very evocative piece. It's not a literal action scene. It's an, it's evocative of an action sequence or ac- a battle, right? You can, as Azil, Azil said, you can almost feel the, 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 the ground trembling with the horses. There's mm. so many bodies and horses around. What I thought was interesting was the depiction of the action is of the horizon. So far, far away from the camera's placement, or camera, the viewer's placement, mm. uh, what you see are the bodies and the chaos that's roiling on the horizon. It's a very bold choice for an, a big action scene. And it is absolutely, in my opinion, not one that the current uh, Studio Gaga team would make. They would show a literal battle. They would not think to do big picture. How do I evoke the feeling of a big battle scene? You know, mm-hmm. and that fucking hurts that we've lost not just his artistic ability, but his decisions and how to portray a scene and make it have an impact. You know, mm-hmm. that really came across. Once I realized that, it made me think beyond just the construction, beyond just his expertise at art, like his artist's mind and storytelling yeah absolutely Mm. the narrative use of visuals um yeah there's a lot of components to it which i think people don't necessarily realize it's not just like oh he can draw pretty decently like and even the like i said the storytelling that's a thing but there's also like the man the mind's eye thing Mm -hmm. it's almost like you know filmmaker where that's you can you can film something it's a thing but then there's a way you construct it. What angle? What do you decide to show? What's going on? How the dynamic it is and the sequence of events and the stuff like that. And, and of course, obviously, the first thing is like, what story is it telling? Right. And uh, I mean, I, I think most people would agree that Mira had a, often a very cinematic approach to things. Mm. Uh, but, and, but he also like went beyond and fully... Uh, say fully um, Utilized the like the manga medium where you can do stuff you can't do with anything else. Yeah, well, I love manga, honestly. Yeah. For reasons like that, that you're not limited by physical constraints. Yeah. So, uh, so this kind of stuff is obviously like that's where the real talent lies. It's not just in that's that's why you you have guys that can like draw super perfect Goku uh, from Dragon Ball. And it's still success because, I mean, it's one thing to just, just flex really well, really do the character, but 
I mean, for myself, the kind of stuff I liked about Dragon Ball is just not that stuff, you know? Yeah, sure. The other stuff is a crazy idea story I had about the characters and what they're doing. And yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if it's just to draw the guy with his huge packs, it's, it's nice. But that's not it. And it's the same. Obviously, it's like even more of the case for, for Berserk. Mm. But the packs aren't even nice with the new team. <laughs> yeah and yeah and I guess with the new team the the packs aren't even nice yeah. and the the characters look as players. Well, I mean <laughs> yeah. that's that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, we capped off the day though going to an onsen. I couldn't make it because I got sick. Um, that really sucked. Man. It sucked. We but were bummed. They had yeah. a great time. Uh, walking, going into a historic, amazing onsen. It was yeah. beautiful. One, I'm, of the, I'm one of the best in the country. Yeah, it, one of the best times in the year to have an onsen. Mm. True. Onsen, by the way, how would you? It's a hot spring. It's natural a natural hot, hot natural hot spring. Yeah. So we went to. Uh, it's a, it's an open air hot spring. That me and God went to because obviously the men and women aren't in the same uh, the same pool. Yeah, like it was back in the day. Yeah, you guys have seen it. Uh, and yeah, and it's a it's a unique experience. It's like uh, it's not in the swimming pool type thing. It's like volcanic rock. So you're actually in the stuff. The water is brought in by like a bamboo tube, and there's a big wheel, like wooden wheel, that in summer will uh, put you know cold water there to keep the stuff. Uh, like a decent, not not like crazy hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since it's winter, obviously that's not needed. And yeah, we had a great time. It's, it was almost nobody was there. It was night, so there was like the night uh, lighting. That so was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, super calm, you know, really the Japanese way, Shizuka. Uh, because it's winter, so my my hair was just you know, icing over. It was frozen. Yeah, frosted tips. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah. down, to the, down to the roots at some point. It was almost painful. I was like, and so if you, like, you, you put uh, hot water in it and you just melts off, mm-hmm. it actually cools down your, your hair. Oh, yeah, sure, so sure, sure. That, that was really pretty good. Uh, we had like a, an hour there that was really quiet. And, and at the end, it was just the two of us. For almost 30 minutes, I feel like it was just two of us in there. Yeah. And then came the fucking Yakuza, uh, <laughs> low-level low chimpara kind of guys. You know, all rowdy and loud and like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Go ahead, John, describe it. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we were just chilling there, almost in like a serene, meditative state, just kind of... Oh, yeah. My face was like Tom, Tom Hanks in, in uh, the... Green Mile. Yeah, <laughs> after he takes that legendary pee-pee. Yeah, I was uh, like, oh. Miles yeah. ajar, uh, eyes roll back and not feeling any part of my body anymore. <laughs> just floating in there. Oh, it's going to go. Yeah, it was like the best, most relaxing thing ever. And then all of a sudden, you hear this chattering. And these boisterous, uh, rowdy fellows emerge. And, naked. Uh, and naked, of course, yes. And they're, you know, tattooed. And How? Had the, were they head to toe? Uh, some the of back, them, right? some of them, like on their back, some of them just like on their sides. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I was worried. This is actually something I was worried about because I have a tattoo on my arm, and I was like, "Oh shoot!" You know, I, I I hear I was told that onsens typically don't allow people with tattoos in, but then you see like fifty fucking dudes with like tattoos all over their body, just and I I have a very very. Uh, basic understanding of japanese but they were just like oh shit man it's cold oh i'm dying i'm dying and then they get in the water oh that's good man oh man really hits the spot that is a spot oh, yeah. just what i needed yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not in the mario boys though yeah yeah and then they were like because we of course we were hugging the good spots yeah and they're like well there's, there's nine of us and these two morons are there like it's so funny that they were saying that in Japanese, assuming Ooh. that you couldn't speak the language, I think they were they, they, anyway. were, they were kind of expecting that we would understand, and uh. because so they couldn't speak. They they weren't really they weren't being super rude, but they were being. They was basically speaking like you, an anime delinquent character would, like yeah. very stereotypical way. And I was telling uh, Grail later on that mm-hmm. it's. It reminded me of the uh, Leaping Monkey episode where Isidro is harassing the girls. And uh, Puck is comparing him to uh, like a low-level Yakuza guy who's oh, yeah. just being... And, and these, these guys were kind of the same level of uh, boisterousness. And so, yeah, they were asking each other like, 
how do you tell in English to like... Fuck to, off. <laughs> to tell us just to go to another part so they could hug the, the good spot because they're all together. Right. And it was just, I don't know, I think we waited uh, five, ten minutes and we're like... Let right. them cool down a little bit before uh, they get to the hot spot. Yeah, I mean, it was just, we're going to move when we want. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Well, they could have done something, but they didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all in good spirit. Sure. I was kind of hoping fun. That, uh, that, that we would all, like, they'd be like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? I wanted to be friendly. Honestly, honestly, they might have. I, I feel like if we if we had engaged, they might yeah. have been. Uh, they, they were there just for a good time. It felt, it felt how to say, it was entertaining. It felt almost like a... Uh, oh, I had a t- very typical Japanese experience. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. You were was... at an onsen when you encountered the Yakuza. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very... Because, because yeah. it's also like, they were probably like by Japanese standards that were being rude and showing that oh, we don't give a shit about the roles. It's supposed to be quiet and stuff. Yeah. But, but like by European or American, by European standards, it's like average stuff that, you know, and by uh, American standards, I mean, they didn't have been even an AR-15 with them, so like, yeah. what, what are you doing, you yeah. little boys or something? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, but it was, was kind of kind of cute and uh, even wholesome, I'd say. Honestly, yeah, and it was like the first time here that I, I actually heard people having like a, a conversation out loud. True. I feel like everywhere that we go, it's just in, in uh, Japanese culture, just to kind of, like on trains and restaurants, Everywhere, really, everybody is just very quiet and keeps to themselves. And and yeah, the trains are dead silent. Yeah, except yeah. for us. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad, but I mean, we I gotta. We're not from around here. We gotta talk about where we're going. And we have shit to talk about. We're, yeah. we're friends, and we, we talk. Yeah, I'm it's not gonna... fine. We weren't like we were never super loud on no. anything. Then. Yeah, just we're, we're talking at this level about the same things you just heard us talk about. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap, guys. Thanks for listening, and thanks to everybody um, for staying with us uh, all this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a blast. Very memorable occasion. Uh, Once-in-a-lifetime gathering uh, to see Kentaro Miura's original work. And maybe it'll happen again on the 40th. It's absolutely possible No. to do a 40th They'll thing. have to wheel me out here, but mm. I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. Am I... In my uh, hyperbaric <laughs> <laughs> sealed, they'll, they'll, they'll defrost us for it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But that's it. Uh, now we're all off to pack and get ready to return home because we are leaving the country tomorrow with heavier bags. Yeah, yep. I brought two bags now. I gotta fill my bags. Uh, they're mostly full. It's got some Kirby's to pack. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.